let's get straight to business. Whether you want to optimize your lead generation, make the most of your marketing budget, or gain and maintain a competitive advantage in the field, Monika Rusica and Lisa Davidson give you the expert insights on social selling to take your business to the next level. This episode is brought to you by Ready for Social, the B2B social selling experts. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Straight to Business podcast, the podcast that's all about social selling in B2B. Today, Monika and I are taking an in-depth look into what matters in modern marketing and find out how the evolving marketing world influences social selling. We all know that there are several kinds of marketing and each requires different specialized skills. Of course, marketing as a function has also undergone a major transformation in the last decade and specifically in the last few years. No wonder it's so critical to get up to speed with the changes in order to be able to make a mark in the world of marketing. To give you the best insights possible and to set you up for success, we invited guest speaker Milan Rusica to today's show. He will give you the top lines from the B2B Marketing Exchange 2022 in Arizona and share with us cutting-edge insights into what matters in marketing today and tomorrow. Hi, Milan. We're so glad to have you on the show with us today. Hi, Lisa and Monica. It's amazing. Thank you for having me. Hi, guys. Before we dive into our topic, I'd like to give you guys at home some background information on Milan. Milan is the co-founder, COO Global, and CEO Europe of the social selling company Ready for Social. He has more than 20 years of B2B enterprise marketing experience, focusing on turnarounds and business growth, telco, and tech. Milan considers the B2B sector his world because it's the place where he can make an impact. In his past position as VP of B2B marketing at T-Mobile US, Milan successfully piloted a B2B social selling program in 2013. This positive experience and seeing the business results of social selling firsthand ultimately led him to co-found his social selling SaaS company in 2014. Originally from the Czech Republic, Milan currently lives in Seattle with his wife and son. He has lived and worked in four different countries throughout his career and is a startup investor and advisor both in Europe and the U.S. So as you can see from his biography, Milan loves the marketing and B2B world. That's why he makes it a personal habit to visit as many important conferences as possible to broaden his horizon and learn every aspect of the industry. His latest stop was this year's B2B Marketing Exchange in Arizona. Milan, why was it so important to you to make it to this conference? Well, last year I had a chance to go through the online version of uh, B2B Marketing Exchange because the face-to-face -face conferences sort of stopped happening thanks to the pandemic. And I really like the content which this conference was able to bring together. And uh, when this year's edition appeared, face-to-face -face, uh, edition, it was just really no-brainer to go there. It's one of the best conferences in the B2B arena in the United States, probably next to the Serious Decisions, which is you know, like a, one of the big providers. So it was, it was really the first one this year and the first one in person. And I was just eager to get out there and talk to the fellow experts in the industry. Can you explain a little bit who the other attendees were and who were the speakers? So it is an industry conference, which covers broad area of topics, starting with demand generation, digital marketing in general. 
and uh, then all the specifics of how do you find out about customer intent, how do you learn about your customers, how you set up a good customer journeys. So those would be the main tracks. In terms of speakers, uh, there were a couple of good headliners, people from the industry and general renowned marketing experts, uh, but also there's a lot of vendor presentations as every conference, you know, these guys have sponsors. So you learn about new platforms and interesting, exciting, big heavyweight platforms in the industry. Thank you. Maybe you can explain a little more what visitors were able to expect when they were right there with you and also what that specifically means to B2B marketers, like the things they learned, the topics they heard about, what could they take away from the conference? Okay. So when I had a chance to speak with other uh, delegates, it's mostly people from uh, mid-size and large enterprise in the United States. There was a very few people international this year. Uh, it's probably still not so common to travel internationally. And there'll be mostly people in the holding the marketing roles in their organizations. Then the other group of visitors would be agencies and then obviously the vendors. And um, they would encounter not only the keynotes, and presentations, but there will be also a good amount of workshops as an executive track for the CMOs. And obviously there is a quite nice expo where you get the chance to kind of meet all the industry top vendors in one place and ask questions, figure out how they operate. And if that's something interesting for you as a, as a, as a marketeer. Okay. Um, what were your personal key takeaways from the event? Well, you know what? Like one thing, this industry is evolving with the accelerating speed and the complexity of especially digital marketing is just, is just mind blowing. And there are new needs in the marketplace driven by the change of the behavior, how people buy. And that's, you know, obviously driven by the pandemic and people moving to exclusively digital. And these needs drive the need for new technology, but also new operating models. And, and skills of people who actually are in marketing. So, you know, one of my takeaways was, this is really, really, really getting complicated. Now, you know, the fair thing to say is not everybody is on the, on the cutting edge, right? So not all industries are equally advanced. And I honestly think that the vendor market is in many areas outrunning its customers. So what the vendors are putting in the market right now is probably outside of the uh, competence and comfort zone for many of the marketers uh, where they are. So Milan, you spoke about the new evolution of needs. Could you explain how these needs are evolving and how does the industry react to it? Okay, so, you know, I think the big part of it is pandemic driven, which just pushed people into sort of their own uh, research and, and living in the online world way more than ever even before. And what have happened was that last year, people were bombarded by more and more marketing because businesses were trying to, to drive more sales. And their answer was, well, maybe it's more marketing. So believe it or not, there were 40% more marketing messages delivered to, to the ears of and eyes of the consumers. And that's just crazy. So everybody on a buying side, they just evolved their coping strategies, you know, like how to ignore us marketers the best way, you know, like how to hide behind their private email if they are doing their research, how to ignore all the cold calls and basically not talking to the salespeople. Uh, you know, 
the the truth is that it's not that they don't want to talk to the salespeople at all or to market and engage with marketing content. They just don't want to do it until they are ready. And uh, I think the the action point for us as marketers is to really respect it and acknowledge the fact that we need to be able to feed our content to the buyers when they do on research, respect their own time and or timeline, better said, and also give them a chance to consume the content in their preferred medium. You know, one of the big findings for me uh, was that there is a recommendation to build up your own customer journey in each of the mediums available because some people just really prefer video. Therefore, they should be able to go through a whole video journey from the from the awareness level content down to the conversion content just in video. Now, very, very few companies have that. Everybody has a patchwork of um, infographics and, and videos and blog posts. And I think the big opportunity is to build up the individual journeys for the people in their preferred medium. Okay. And um, I think it also makes us as marketers much more aware that we need to target our content not so broadly and that just working with the with the funnel stages uh, is not enough. We need to create our content much more customized and try to assess when people are ready to see what type of content and how how do we recognize that and how do we deliver it to them. So in terms of technologies and, and principles, for instance, means that we are moving from marketing automation, which is just, you know, broadcasting all the content to all the audiences and, and hoping that, you know, something will stick to account-based, account-based marketing, account-based selling, account-based experience. And um, it actually brings back a cooperation with sales. So I, uh, one of the reveals was that the sales marketing divide is actually finally getting smaller and that companies adopt agile principles of work and they create agile sales marketing teams and they tackle the customers together. They create customized content and customized customer journeys in order to serve the best information to their prospects and in the end, convert them into customers. I, I think this is moving into the right direction. It's interesting that you bring up this point of sales and marketing cooperation, because in our previous session with Andreas Klauser, who is the head of field marketing at Zoom, we also talked about the marketing and sales alignment and his take on that. Now, from my experience, a lot of the sales and marketing alignment is about communication, about workflows, if you will, about aligning on KPIs. But you also mentioned tools before. So is there, in terms of marketing uh, and sales alignment from your perspective, any tools, any helpful tech that stands out? Or how do you think you are going to solve that in your own business And what do you recommend others to manage that interface? I think first and foremost, it's the mindset. So the mindset of, okay, we are dealing with this situation, with this opportunity as a team. And that means people gather together from sales and marketing and they collaborate. And 
in the end, you know, there are many tools which can help them. But once you look at it through the lens of agile way of working, then those tools become obvious, right? It could be Asana is one example and, you know, many Kanban type of solutions. So that's, I think, secondary. The important thing is break the divide from marketing prepares content and, you know, gets it out there and then generate some leads and hands them over to sales and sales complains that those leads are not good enough. You know, that have been a practice for last decade or so, and companies are finally moving past that. And they are inviting the sales into the conversation about, okay, who do we believe are the prospects we should go jointly after? And what information marketing can source in terms of prospect behavior and, and, and buyer's intent versus what can sales pull together from their field of expertise so they form it together into the joint approach. So I, I think it's a mindset before tools. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very good point. Now, one thing I would like to ask you, a lot of our listeners will be marketers in large organization where there's like a historically evolved positioning of marketing and sales in the organization. Now, do you have the feeling that beyond the mindset from the organizational aspect within the companies, something needs to change or something is changing with regards to the positioning of marketing? I think that's a really large question. And and I'm still sort of, you know, forming my opinion on that. But it seems that marketing has a very, very strong ambition to be really considered a revenue generating part of the business. And the historical view is it's just sales generating revenue. Everything else in the company is a cost center, marketing in, in, uh, included. And with all of the things we have talked about, so creating the customer journeys, understanding the prospects much better, collaborating with sales. I think marketing is trying to cross the, cross the line into, Hey, listen, together with sales. We are here to drive the business. And there was a very, very nice example in one of the keynotes where the question was like, well, what happens to the company if, uh, if they are in trouble and they need to save cost? You know, who gets laid off first? Marketing. It's not considered, you know, like important at that, at that moment. And it's, it's a cost which can be very easily removed from the short term perspective. That's what businesses think. Now, when the times move into the, into the goods, uh, goods, uh, part of the spectrum, who gets hired first? And the answer of the audience is sales because that's how companies operate. And I think this needs to change. And I think the businesses need to recognize the scalability and the insight which the very well functioning marketing organization can bring into their operation. But that's a really fundamental sort of shift on how do you structure and run your business. And I don't think it's there yet. But, you know, I, I believe that that's really important. And eventually, sales and marketing need to do this together. Thanks, Milan. What's up, Straight to Business listeners? Zach Wood here over at Ready for Social. We are super excited to be sponsoring this podcast and stoked to be partnering with the Straight to Business team. Now listen up, I've got a fantastic announcement that's gonna benefit each and every one of you. Do you want to know how your company or sales teams measure up against the competition when it comes to social selling? If the answer to that question is yes, 
you're at the right place. What we're going to do here at Ready for Social, we are offering all straight-to-business listeners a free social selling power audit that's going to tell you exactly where you stand uh, when it comes to social selling and your competition. Sound interesting? If so, head right on over to the podcast homepage at www.straighttobusiness.live. Again, that's www.straighttobusiness.live and click on the sponsor message or you can send an email to hello at straighttobusiness.live. And that's hello at straighttobusiness.live and put in the subject line ready for social. Now, just a quick reminder, our ready for social platform makes your sales and marketing teams look awesome on social. It drives meaningful conversations and ultimately brings in revenue. So take the first step towards your social selling success today with our free power audit and you can see where you stand. Thanks. And I look forward to speaking with you. Before we jump to our next topic, I'd like to ask you our mandatory question here on the Straight to Business podcast. We ask all of our guests about their favorite food. Since you worked and lived in four different countries, maybe you could tell our listeners your absolute favorite of one of these locations. <laughs> oh, so that will be plenty. So, you know, first I need to tell you that uh, it's interesting how much, especially your comfort food is connected to the place where you are from. And I've recognized it repeatedly that my culture is potatoes and meat. And, you know, and that's my comfort food. So I guess mashed potatoes with meat in any shape or form is probably one of those. So it's one of my favorite, uh, favorite foods. Now, uh, I really became a fan of sushi and uh, Seattle is really well known for its access to the Pacific seafood. So that's definitely that. I really like the German creamy sauces. So I'm definitely, definitely having that up there. Mm -hmm. And I do not have a favorite Dutch food. I don't think that that thing even exists. Jokes aside, there was a really, really good Asian, uh, Asian food in the Netherlands. There's a strong community there. So, uh, excellent Thai food there, excellent Surinamese food. So I guess that those would be my favorites. Well, I must say the German sauces also pair really well with the mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do. Thank you. That's very true. Okay. There's one more important topic we need to talk about, and that is social selling. So we all know that social selling has become an important part in the B2B marketing landscape, but you didn't mention it as one of the main topics from the conference. Does that mean that social selling is already old news? Well, I don't know. I think it's actually becoming a, a hot topic. So uh, as a part of the conference, each of the delegates could identify the areas of interest and the conference itself had you know maybe 300 400 people attending and there were 120 people of those indicating that okay i would like to talk about social selling and that was not the case two three years ago so it seems that it's established part of the toolbox and people want to learn how to tackle the topic the best so i don't think it's a i don't think it's old news yet um, but it's not one of those hype things which nobody is really using. I think it becomes uh, an established part of the of what you should do in uh, in digital marketing and in bringing the sales and marketing together. You know, that's the nice thing about social selling. By by its nature, it really brings the sales and marketing together. It makes the marketing and sales cooperate on what gets actually delivered to the customers and prospects, and it makes sales an integral part of that delivery 
and makes them sort of on the forefront of receiving the the reactions from the audiences. So I think it stands smack in the middle of uh, of uh, this trend of social marketing coming closer. Monica, would you like to add something? Yes, maybe an observation from my side of having followed the topic of social selling um, out of my own personal interest since about 2014 and then, um, you know, work-wise since 2016. And sometimes I ask myself, will I still be working in the social selling space in two years from now? Because it will be so normal for everybody that it's not a thing anymore. But I realize that social selling is almost business as usual for a lot of large tech companies. Um, there's companies that have like Microsoft, IBM, SAP. They have started with social selling 2010, 2012. But in many, many industries, there is no organized social selling approach within the companies, specifically in the more traditional industries, be it manufacturing or healthcare. And that is partly um, because some industries, it's just the way the decision making works, that social media just don't play a heavy role in the decision making process yet, like healthcare, public sector, or just how the organization used to work in manufacturing and so on, the events, long-standing relationships are more important there. But what I would like to say in a nutshell is that I think social selling is and remains a very relevant topic in B2B. I see a lot of interest and also companies with more established social selling approaches a big thing that basically any large organization is always struggling with is how to actually keep the activity running, how to keep the salespeople and other people in the organization motivated and engaged on social media to interact with, with clients and with prospects. So I think the topic of social selling is not going to go away, but let's say the B2B world is in different stages of implementing it. Thank you so much, guys. My pleasure. <laughs> Wait, um, Lisa, Milan, I have one more question for Milan. What would you say, coming back to the conference now, are the two or three main takeaways that you have for our listeners? Well, I would say don't get crazed by the technology. I spoke about the technology a lot, how that landscape is evolving. We all know how complicated it is, but you don't really need to have every technology which is out there. It's okay to listen to the vendors uh, and they can educate you. They can help you to decide how your journey kind of looks like, but don't try to eat this elephant in one piece, figure out what your MVP, your minimum viable product really is and, uh, and take it step by step. And, you know, that's connecting to the second takeaway. Technology is great, but in the end, you need to start with your customers, with your prospects. And if you do that, then the technology can help you how, how to deliver on that mission but you always need to do stuff for your customers and prospects. And if you intend to genuinely be helping to your audiences, then, you know, they will, they will choose for you eventually. And, and genuinely trying to help is much better than try to push because people really evolved a very thick skin, which is difficult to penetrate by push. So I guess those were, those were my 
key takeaways I would like to leave you with. Thank you, Milan. Thank you for taking your time and sharing your knowledge with us. And thank you at home for listening to the Straight to Business podcast. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into top lines from B2B Marketing Exchange 2022 that gave you the cutting edge insights into what matters in marketing. If you're keen to learn even more about social selling and how to use it for your business advantage, join us next week. As always, you can head over to www.straighttobusiness.live for additional resources to sign up to our email list or to join us as a guest speaker. Don't forget, all the information from today's episode can also be found in our show notes. If you have additional questions, please feel free to comment on our blog or get in touch with us on LinkedIn. The links to our profiles are provided on our website and in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. We hope to see you next week.